everyone, I'm Wendy Liebman, CEO and Chief Shopper at WSL Strategic Retail, and this is Future Shop. This is where I talk to innovators, disruptors, and iconoclasts about the future of retail. Today, my guest is Muriel Gonzalez. She's president of the Vitamin Shop, the 700 chain of health and wellness retailers that you probably see on your local street corner. She's been in that role or in various roles at Vitamin Shop since 2020, and we'll talk about that auspicious date when we have our conversation in a minute. I first met Muriel when she headed up beauty at Macy's, and prior to that, she's been a senior executive and leader at the Estee Lauder companies and at Ann Taylor and Bergdorf Goodman's and Saks Fifth Avenue's an iconic figure, if I may say so, in beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. And here she is in the in the thick of it, in the health and wellness movement. So welcome to Future Shop, Muriel. Thanks, Wendy. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. It's been a, a long time. And I must say, I have followed the journey because all of a sudden, in the middle of the pandemic, there you are after this storied career in beauty and lifestyle, fashion, department and luxury. There you were at <laughs> Vitamin Shop. What the heck did you decide to do in the middle of all of that? It really is a funny story, Wendy. You know, as you say, I had really thought that I was done and I was renovating my apartment and being a grandmother and doing consulting and, you know, having this new exciting life after the retail wars that I'd been through over so many years. And then the pandemic struck. And in the midst of the pandemic, when we were all kind of reevaluating our lives and what we wanted to do, I uh, spent time with the former CEO of the Vitamin Shop, who told me how the pandemic had brought so many new customers to the Vitamin Shop because all of a sudden people were worrying about immunity they were hearing on social media that zinc was the thing to do. So they had all these new customers. But what her vision was to have the vitamin shop be a merchant-led organization. And could I help her with that? And my first reaction was, sure, I'll, I'll help you with that. And I'll do that part-time. But after some time talking about it, I realized that to do anything, I have two speeds on and off and that I really wanted to plunge myself into this assignment, which I felt would be really a lot of fun. As a New Yorker, I've known the vitamin shop for many years. My husband, who's a runner, had been a customer for more than 20 years. And I wasn't that up to date, though, on how the vitamin shop had evolved. And once I got into it, I just saw that there were limitless possibilities, and I thought it would be fun. And it has turned out to be exactly that. And certainly, everybody is so conscious of health and wellness right now. There's a lot of innovation in the marketplace. And as a merchant, and I'm a merchant at heart, there was nothing but opportunity in terms of new brands, new categories, new uses of social media. So it's been nothing but fun for the last three years. And I fell in love with the vitamin shop. You know, it's so interesting when I think about it. You remind me, I, I caught up with another colleague the other day and, and she too was in that moment in time and decided she was ready to enjoy other things in life. Gina Boswell, who now runs Bath and Body Works. Ah, yes, exactly. 
And G- all of a sudden there was Gina running Bath and Body Works. I said, what the heck? It's, did I miss the message or something? Did I miss the memo? She said, well, no, that's just because you never stopped. I was like, oh, okay, got it. That. <laughs> exactly. I knew Gina when she was um, a very young executive at Estee Lauder. So I followed her with great enthusiasm also. Yeah. That's a whole other topic we could talk about, powerful women. We'll get us all together for that one. But this journey, I don't have to tell you, you're right, you know. We've been studying this health and wellness movement for close to a decade as it evolved from what we call sick care to well care to self-care to whatever people call it these days. That's why I was so intrigued in terms of the experience you have in terms of building lifestyle brands and different kinds of retailers and thinking about this transformation. I used to think about the vitamin shop, a bit like your husband, a runner, 20 years, and all those kind of fitness jocks who still come into mind, my store, by the way. But this sort of transition, as you now call it, the lifelong journey to wellness, how do you think about that journey in terms of engaging shoppers, new shoppers? What about the old shoppers, the jocks? What about people like me? How do you think about that as you evolve this business, this brand? Well, one of the things I loved when I started really getting into who the customer was at the vitamin shop is that our customer actually reflects America. When you look at how we line up by age, ethnicity, income, we're very much a picture of America. And we have 700 stores across the country. So we don't just serve one kind of customer. We do serve many, many customers and have for years. When the company was started in Manhattan as a true vitamin shop, The idea was to give education to customers because this is a confusing category. And so obviously named the vitamin shop, the strength of the company evolved to be very, very strong in more classic vitamins and supplements and did actually was a little bit more female than male for many, many years. And as people began to age and began to feel need for supplementation, vitamin shop was a great place to go. But we also had, I felt, an underserved customer in the area of sports nutrition. We were in it, as were others, but we were not as up-to-date as we could be. So I liken our assortment. We have a broad assortment. We serve a broad customer base, which is a wonderful, wonderful place to be because during the pandemic, we were able to push hard on immune products. As people started coming out and getting back to the gym and getting back to social occasions, then we were able to really focus on the things that were happening in sports nutrition. People would go to the gym, they'd stop in before or after for a snack, a drink, a pre-workout. And at the same time, social media has been going crazy with so much newness and innovation in that area. So we were able to push hard there. When Items like creatine, which has been around for many, many years and did really go to that jock or the guy who was working out, social media made so many more customers aware of the benefits of creatine. So older customers, younger customers for mental clarity, it's just a wonderful, wonderful ingredient. So we started seeing what was happening in social media. We started pressing hard on that and increased our business exponentially. So it really has been a question of it's a broad customer base and based on trends and what's out in the world, we're able to push harder on one category or another. But when we get the customer in, we have the full assortment to offer. 
And then, of course, we have our incredible health enthusiasts in the store, which really is our secret sauce. You yourself say they're knowledgeable, they're trained, they're educated, and that's why people keep coming back. That's what struck me, you know, being an advocate for health and wellness, obviously, but for my own and my husband's family's personal health. What's interesting is there are so many places now I can buy so many of the categories, right? Walk in, whether it's in the drugstores that have row upon row upon row, in the vitamin department, in the beauty department, I can go into Nordstrom's and get vitamins. I can, I mean, it's just stunning to me. The thing that I find hard and I figure out I'm a pretty educated shopper or could be, you know, customer, it's really figuring out what. And I must say with the complexity of all the new, either new old ingredients or whatever, shopping a more traditional, you're probably traditional, but, you know, a drugstore, a grocery store, whatever, has become much, much harder unless it's got a yellow sticky on it that says, you know, two for the price of one. (laughs) (laughs) So there. But that's what I found. Where is the question in all of this? What I found is this is where help having trained people becomes more and more important. So that seems like, as you said, your secret source in all of that. How do you train with all the new things that are coming up? Constantly. And I give credit to the founder originally who started this business and it became part of the culture for many, many years. And we have a science and regulatory affairs department so that we make sure that we test everything. We scrutinize everything that we say in writing so that we're compliant. We have a whole private brands department and that develops products and we make sure that they are Again, compliant, they go through hundreds of tests to make sure that we overtest, to be quite frank. And then we also validate the third parties that we bring in as well. So as an example, if there is a new kind of, let's say, a new kind of fish oil from one of our good manufacturers, as part of our marketing package, part of it is education so that we develop brand guides that we get to all the health enthusiasts so that they're aware of you know the different claims, what the ingredients are. And what I love, if I go into a store and I'm showing the health enthusiasts a new product that we're working on, they pick it up. And the first thing they do is they look at the ingredients and then they start you know questioning me. They are really, by and large, they are people that do have an interest in health and wellness because if not, you know, there's so many other places one could work. But we have people who, whether they're trainers, they're nutritionists, they're acupuncturists, or they're just people that care about helping other people be healthier and great versions of themselves. So it's not only just the the training that we give out constantly. We also subscribe to a third-party group that they can be part of. Every other year, we have every store manager come to a big conference where all our vendors make presentations. So information is very, very much a part of what we do. It also seems we've got a much more informed consumer out there as shopper. So there's that too. We do. But Wendy, there's a lot of misinformation, as you know. I mean, social media is a plus and a minus because it raises awareness. It gives people information, but it's not always right. So again, that's why it's really helpful to have people that are trained and and in fact, that that's one of the reasons that people do say they come to our stores because of the level of you know, information that they get and they know it's knowledgeable and it's objective. So you have this sort of unique view of this evolution of wellness. I have been 
because of other work we do around women's health and wellness. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion about menopause, a lot of discussion about healthy babies, and again, a lot of clutter already in that space. How do you see those sort of the arc of women's health and wellness? How do you see that coming to play in the stores? I know you've got a, you know, your own brand in some of that, but how do you see that opportunity as it builds? What do we have to think about there as we think about those categories or those areas? So we actually just really started an area called Beauty From Within, and it's more about ingestible beauty than it is about topical beauty, because other people do that very well. That's not a place for us to be. And we are really nurturing it. We have one of our best merchants working on this. And we have actually in February, I think it is, we have several brands that we're introducing that are D2C brands that need a brick and mortar presence. And we're the natural place to go for something like that. And again, there's a lot of talk about it, but this is not a new issue. You know, women have been entering menopause for many, many years. I recently heard a journalist talk about millenopause, that now millennials are going into menopause. So <laughs> so based on that, there's definitely going to be a lot of press and a lot of writing about it. And, you know, I don't think this will be our biggest category, but I think it's important for us to have product like that in our stores. And that whole area around prenatal and the sort of beginning of the journey, not just the, I don't want to say menopause, the end of the journey, because it seems to go on forever, but the beginning of that too. I noticed you've certainly, maybe you've been carrying them before, but prenatal vitamins, things like that in that area as well. Yeah, we do. And again, we have one of the things that, again, I like about our assortment is it is a broad assortment and probably a little broader than some other specialty stores because, again, we are able to maybe do the big business that social media is doing because of prime hydration or some influencer. We do a big business there. And yet we are also the same store where you will find those kinds of products that are smaller and have a more limited audience. This is interesting to me because I don't know the standard size of your stores, but the ones I'm most familiar with are, I don't know, four or 5,000 square feet. I'm making that up. I just sort of bigger than a bread box kind of thing. And I never get the sense that there's so much in there that I'm overwhelmed. I don't mean to be a fan here, but I'm sort of, I don't walk in and go like, oh my God, now what kind of thing. I don't know why that is. You could probably tell me you're the merchandising guru, but I don't feel that. I don't know if it's the way you've got it organized by, you know, multis and vitamins and hydration and sports and stuff. I'm glad to hear that because we have really worked on our store layout to try to make sure that we, that customer could guide themselves before they got some help. And what we also did very recently is we put together something right up front called Fit Lifestyle. And I don't know if you saw that, but what we noticed was that there was a lot of crossover. And in years past, what we saw was a customer either came in for vitamins, memory, joint support, more traditional, or they came in for protein, creatine, pre-workout. There wasn't a lot of crossover. And we began to notice that that crossover was really escalating, which is great because the more products that people do from different retail placements, as we call it, you know, then they, there's more reasons for them to return and to come to us. But specifically, we noticed that a lot of the gym goers were all of a sudden doing greens. And we found this all through our data. And the same time, we found that our more traditional customer who came to us for vitamins or joint support was all of a sudden doing creatine. 
So we wanted to kind of put things together and rotate things so that we could put things up front that people might not be expecting. So again, if you came in for your protein, normally the greens would be on the other side of the store. So this enables us to kind of cross-category merchandise as well. That sounds like your merchant hat. As you've been talking about this training, the enthusiasts, things like that, I think about department stores, you know, training the beauty advisors, all the new things that come in, cross-merchandising, cross-selling. I know you had a break in between, but that learning experience that you had in that luxury retail space and then the move into every street corner, not quite, but what did you learn from that and what did you go like, oh, that would never work kind of thing? Well, I think, you know, merchandising is the principles are always the same. The products all have their nuances. And if you're, I'm a very curious person. And once you learn the nuances of the product, principles are the same, whether you're selling Chanel handbags or Nike shoes or Estee Lauder foundation. And I've done all of those. And it's really listening to the customer, number one listening, listening to the stores because they hear the customer right up front, analyzing the numbers, hearing from the marketplace, what's new, what are they working on, being willing to take some risks. So I think that there's always nuances depending on if you're at Bergdorf Goodman or at Macy's, but the principles are kind of the same. It's knowing your customer, listening to your customer, and all customers always want to hear about newness. Even if they're going to buy the same pair of black pants that they want to replace. They love seeing what's new and fresh, and that's what gets their attention. And so being uh, keeping your ear to the ground from an innovation point of view is, is something that is so, so important because that's what gets the customer in the door. That's what drives traffic. Yeah, I must say in those new spaces you created, I really did think about the sort of fashion merchandising and styling, and this goes with this. As we think about this area of health and wellness, which has become, as you've said, this just massive movement appealing to people everywhere, anywhere, that that ability as people sort of put their toe into new areas or read about things to bring it together, it felt very powerful in that sense that, you know, I walk in and I say, oh, I never thought that that could go with that, or I've just played with that. And it did feel like, oh, those shoes could go with that. (laughs) I had your other life in, in my head in that. The other thing that strikes me in this area with all the newness and, you know, increasing noise, as you said, social media, the issues around price, the issues around value in terms of private brand. I mean, in the mass retailers, it's all two for one or buy one, get 50% off the other. And it's what I call the vitamin math. Gives me a headache. You sort of lose track of the brands. I don't know what brand it is, what brand is on deal today. I don't actually get that when I walk into the vitamin shop. I know you do offers and value and things, but how do you think about price point and accessibility to your broad shopper base, customer base? You know, how do you think about that when you merchandise and offer, try to offer value? That's a great question because in our own research, you know, price and value are becoming more and more important. Quality is number one, of course, because it's ingestibles. Ease is number two. But price is becoming more important, and it is for everybody in every category. And we will never be, win a price war. We'll never be the cheapest brand in town. So there are certain products that are more commodity-like products. In that case, what we try to do is offer them in our private brands so the customer gets a value. We price them accordingly, lower than the third-party brands. But there's other categories 
that are much more brand dependent or much more influencer dependent. And again, we have this broad assortment and it depends on what it is. So if we're talking about a new kind of pre-workout, very often that might be something where the brand, whether it be, let's call it Rise or Raw, they might have a collaboration with an influencer or an athlete like Chris Bumstead at Raw. Rise might do a flavor collaboration. Ghost was one of the first ones to do that with Chips Ahoy and Oreo. So it brings a lot of good flavor, gets people's attention. And in those, in those categories, that's important. But in other categories, it's not. So again, you know, we look at drinks, for example, uh, energy drinks and hydration drinks. They're very much influenced by social media. And whether it be Alani New Witch's Brew, whether it be Ghost, Sour Pink Lemonade, or it's Prime Hydration with Logan Paul, who's always talking about that. That is absolutely responsive to social media. It's on TikTok. You see it the next day. If there's a new Glowberry flavor, you know, it's on TikTok, it's on Instagram, sells out immediately. But we have more serious parts of our business that are, are not impacted that way. That's the other piece which I find so interesting too is the in the day when it was, you know, the color of a lipstick or a green eyeshadow or a black nail polish or something like that, right? Or a great handbag, to your point before. I once made a speech called Food is Fashion, which was many years ago, and people, the food retailers looked at me like, what are you, nuts? But I think now as I look at some of these categories or many of the categories that you live and breathe in, hydration for one, immunity for others, the speed at which something can come into the market and grow, all of that. How do you even, I mean, I assume you've got a team there that it's not you checking your TikTok feed every minute, although maybe you are. How do you stay ahead of that? It means it's mind boggling to me. That's a great question. And you're right. Things happen so fast, so much faster than even, you're right. I remember we had the first black Chanel nail polish and it was like crazy. They happen so fast. Now, we have a great social media team. They're small, but they are completely plugged into social media. And a great example of that is, you know, some trends, they go up and then they're down. If they last only if they're really authentic and the product really works. So, for example, a couple of years ago, there was a big thing on TikTok about chlorophyll. And again, we carry all these products. So people come to us when a trend like this happens. And I think somebody on TikTok said it was good for acne. And it wasn't really. <laughs> so we do more business today in chlorophyll than we did a few years ago, but we didn't keep that spike. On the other hand, creatine, when creatine started getting awareness, that has really stayed because it really is a good product that people can see results from in many, many different ways. So it's not all science. There's art to it as well. And we have a great social media team. We have a great merchant team. We're always analyzing the numbers to see, do we have the right amount? And sometimes, you know, we sell right out of something because it might be item number 5,000 and all of a sudden it goes on TikTok and we're wiped out. And then we have to evaluate how much deeper do we want to go? And again, it's art and science, and that's what being a merchant is. And we're not always right, but more often than not. I'm always stunned, and increasingly not just in your stores, but across the retail environment in the hydration areas. I mean, whether it's in the alcohol-driven side of the business or whether it's in the infused waters and all of those things, I mean, that to me, 
when I look at the amount of space in many stores, that's extraordinary. And do you see that as a continuing trend as you look at all the forms of hydration that you choose to carry or? No, that's again, a a very interesting thing about the vitamin shop. You know, we had always done a very nice business in energy drinks whether it was Bang or Celsius, or we had a very nice assortment. We did very well. If there was a new flavor, it was always great. And when we first heard about prime hydration, we had never had a good experience in hydration before. It was always about energy. So we weren't sure how big it would be, but we really thought that the social media would be important. And we said, all right, let's try it. And of course, what we thought was a six-week amount, and of course, it was gone in six days because Logan Paul actually went into a vitamin shop store and posted it on his own channel, talking to a kid who you know had some in his arms. So it really put a great spotlight on that kind of hydration. And then to your point, there is also the different kinds of powders that people might use for hydration as well. So it really became a much, much bigger business very fast. It's probably our fastest growing part of our business. And we also see as a great traffic driver because, again, people stop in. They stop in for a prime or they stop in for an energy drink, you know, from Rise or somebody else on their way to the gym. And that gives us the opportunity to have a connection, get to know them. And the more they come in, then they'll start thinking about us maybe for, you know, some other categories. So it's very, very key. Yeah. It's interesting you said that because the last time I was in, I was looking for some D3 for my husband and trying to figure out calling him. I was one of those annoying people in the aisle saying, and what size do you, what size, you know, but I was sort of with my left side eye, my left eye, I was sort of counting the people who literally just came in, got a drink and left. I mean, they paid obviously. And I was thinking all of these occasions when we're trying to get people to come into the store, even if it's just for a moment and see that as a regular part of routine, I thought, wow, that's not just somebody coming in and saying, you know, I need to build muscles or immunity or whatever. I'm just whipping in, getting something out of the cooler and going. That quick trip in the old world, I hadn't thought about that before, but just watching that traffic was really interesting to me. Well, you're a true retail observer then, because watching traffic is, you know, what we all love to do and see what they pick up and what they put together. But No, you're absolutely right. And because we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of the more innovative drinks first, that does bring a new customer to Vitamin Shop of all ages. And, you know, then it's our responsibility to to keep them. Yeah. The other piece, I think, is just looking at what you've been doing. I mean, obviously, everybody has a website. And I was thinking about, oh, okay, well, people who are really into X, Y, or Z, I was, again, mother-in-law study of one saying to my husband, if you want the D3 all the time, we could just order it online, that kind of thing. And that relationship that you have with your customers in terms of the store versus e-commerce, how is that working for you, particularly COVID days and now as we move into more normalized craziness? Sure. Well, what we found pre-COVID, we had a very small percentage of our customers only shopped online. And during COVID, of course, everybody learned to shop online. But we were quickly able to reopen because in most states, vitamin shop was designated an essential business. So we were able to open pretty quickly. And what we find today is that a great majority of our customers start their journey online. They'll look up and they might compare to see like what different kinds of vitamin D do you have? There's 
different versions of, let's say, magnesium, magnesium glycinite, magnesium citrate. There's so many options. A lot of people will do that research online just because they can do it, whether they're early birds like me, up late like others, they're a little bit more educated. We do find that many of our customers will then shop online. We have buy online, pick up and store. And a lot of people, that has really become very, very significant part of our business with people buying online and just running in to pick it up. Even the customers that only shop in store, a lot of them look for information online first. Yeah, the Omni, the vitamin shop way, unique in that. And then, you know, just as a sort of wrap up, I mean, I feel like there's so much going. We talked a little bit about solutions or at least the way you're cross-merchandising some of the categories. I, I think about categories like sleep and stress and mental health and the products and services that you offer in that. We talked about women. I feel like people really are. We see it in all our How America Shops research. I mean, the number of places people will go today to look for information, as you said, about particularly about issues around their health, the number of apps they use, the number of influencers or experts. So that, on the one hand, is great, but it's also even more overwhelming and confusing. So looking for a place in the storm is the other thing that I find really intriguing as we hear from our shoppers. Well, one of the things that are pillars, if you will, are quality, innovation, expertise. And the expertise is not just the health enthusiasts, the education they get, as we spoke about, but we also try to educate our customers. We have a blog called What's Good. We have a wellness council of credentialed experts that we use their information for content. So again, we try to get the word out as in our way so the customers can be more educated as well. And so last, just thinking about this, I mean, you see these trends moving at such a pace, particularly through the influencer impact. But when you step back and you've followed trends for a long time in your certainly fashion and beauty life, what do you see over the next two to three, four years, you know, biggest challenges, opportunities for the category health and wellness, as well as for the vitamin shop? Health and wellness is a great category. It will continue. And you know, one of the things about health and wellness is even back when I was doing shoes, Macy's, the growth in athletic shoes was exponential. So whether it, this has been coming even pre-pandemic, you know, people wanting to, you know, be out of more comfortable clothes, whether they're walking, they're jogging, they're, you know, whatever their exercise of choice might be. So this has been underlying for a long time. The pandemic, I think, brought it to the forefront. So this isn't changing anytime soon. And there always will be new ideas, new creators, new ingredients that we don't know about today. So a year ago, some of the things that we thought were going to be part of our plan became less important and other things became more important. That's retail. One of the things about this industry that I find very inspiring is that there are so many young entrepreneurs in the space that are passionate about the lifestyle passionate about creating interesting product that can reach a broader audience. And it's very inspiring to see how many people, whether it be Fit Butters or whether it be Ghost or whether it be Rise or Raw, whether it be EHP Labs that does OxyShred, there are so many entrepreneurs in this space. It's very exciting because they're always looking for the latest, the greatest, the best collaboration, how they can get the word out interesting ways of packaging, interesting ways of ingesting the product. 
And I find that very, very unique to this industry and very exciting. And then I think as we're all, you know, wearing our wearables, right, that everything that we do, which sometimes turns out to be quite annoying. I think about your line, your theme at the vitamin shop, the lifelong journey to wellness. I think yours is the lifelong journey to retail. So I think that's pretty exciting all by itself. You're, you are certainly an inspiration to me. I love the crossover from channel category into others. And it does feel like this face, this journey we've been on too for a long time as we track and understand shoppers and new ways that people are adapting and new ways retail have to adapt. It sounds like even though you had not planned to do this, the most unexpected thing. Yeah, it just goes to show. You just always have to be open to new opportunities. And I think the pandemic did that to a lot of people where they began to kind of reassess uh, things. So I'm glad to be here. It's very inspiring and having a good time. That's great. Well, it's been lovely to have you, lovely to reconnect with you. And thank you for having the D3s that are the something and the something. And should put it in my phone so I remember or send him off himself to do the shop. Well, if you ever need something that is not there, please let me know so that I'm sure that we'll find a way to get it for you. Oh, that's all right. You have wonderful people, wonderful enthusiasts in my store. So I'm not concerned about that one fan to another, but thank you for that. And lovely to see you and uh, you in the future. Hope to see you in person soon. That would be nice. Thanks, Muriel. Thank you. You know, what Muriel made me realize is that we're at this moment where health, wellness, self-care, whatever we want to call it these days, we call it self-control. People want to take control of their own health and well-being. But there's this tremendous speed and excitement to what's going on. Also an increasing complexity, the impact of a, you know, an influencer can change the dynamics of the sale in about two and a half seconds. So the ability from a consumer or shopper point of view to have somewhere that you can actually sort through the clutter, whether it's online or in store, becomes really, really important. And I think the thing that worries me, not about the category, particularly in the sort of vitamins, immunity, and related categories is that since it is everywhere, they are, all these categories are everywhere. One of the greatest challenges is when you walk into a big mass retailer, and I mean big in size, I mean big in scale, that sometimes you just raise your shoulders, roll your eyes as I'm doing, and then just walk away. And that's the lost opportunity if you're a drugstore, a mass merchant, or anybody else. That's what you know, specialty is able to do. So whether it's in vitamins or beauty or anything else, but it did strike me in in listening to Muriel's enthusiasm is that this is the place, this is the category in terms of health and wellness and well-being that really still has so much more opportunity as we move forward. So as we think about the future of retail, physical, digital, all of the above, There's lots more to come from us on that. So stay tuned. We'll see you in the future. Cheers for now. 